Welcome back, high school hockey fans. Another edition of This Week in Wisconsin Prep Hockey. And we got a full panel tonight. Myself, both Berg boys, Bill and Bill Jr., Del Scanlon and Michael Trizinski along as we are going to announce our boys' 2019 end-of-year award finalists. And we're going to look at the sectionals in our sectional preview show tonight, which will have all eight sectionals previewed for the boys and all four for the girls. And uh, tell you what, let's get started with our boys' 2019 end-of-year award finalists. Thanks. Here they are. Thanks, MJ. As usual, uh, the staff of Wisconsin Prep Hockey compiled a list of nominees for forward, defenseman, and goalie. Um, compiled that list, sent it out to the Wisconsin Hockey Coaches Association, and amongst ourselves, everybody voted for their top five, uh, leading us to five finalists at each position. Um, and those finalists for this year are for the Joe Pavelski Award. Um, Drake Baldwin from Madison Memorial, Jack Rohde from Northland Pines, Robbie Newton from University School, and Sam Stang and Zach Erdahl from Eau Claire North. Uh, for the J Davis Drewiski Award, Alex Thundercloud and Casey Repke from University School, Hunter Straka from Madison Edgewood, Jake Oziki from Verona, and Tucker Whitkopf from Northland Pines. And for the Kirk Dobbinspeck Award, Brett Wilkins from Northland Pines, Garrett Larson from Waukesha, Gavin Abrick from Hayward, Jaden Hoopel from Chippewa Falls, and Max Gutjar from Fox City Stars. All right, Junior, that sounds like a pretty doggone good list of uh, finalists there. And, yeah. Uh, and um, a lot of these players are playing in contested sectionals this year. Um, usually we're used to seeing a lot of our finalists down at the state tournament, but we've got a lot of finalists playing against each other this year we've got a lot of finalists that aren't necessarily on the one seed in their sectional this year so it'll be interesting to see who's who's available and who makes the trip down because not all these players are going to be playing at state this year one small correction um drake baldwin is actually madison west not madison memorial all madison teams look alike yeah well and it wasn't that long ago, believe it or not, that Madison Follett was actually in the sectional championship game. So, but just just wanted to make that correction. Drake Baldwin, a great player for Madison West. The Regents, right, MJ? That's right. No, I want to know what does uh, Madison Follett have to do with this discussion of the, last time they, of the last time they were in a sectional final. I don't know. Was that probably about 2001, 2002? No, I think it was uh, more recent than that, like in the mid-2000s. Uh, Somebody's always got to be a smartass on this on this podcast, and it's usually me. I'm just so fact-checking. Fact yeah, I'm, I'm going to shut up, and you guys can go on. I'll come and back I, when it's my turn. I can, exact, I can tell you exactly. Who beat LaFollette in that sectional final? Beaver Dam. Should be easy enough to figure out. They had one of our favorite guys, Michael. What was that kid's name? Nick. Nick Sirota. 2002? I think it was 2002. 
I believe it was the same year that Joey P won a state title for Spash. I believe. So you okay. did tie it back into the Pavelski Award. Sorry. Wow. Well, Good I mean, job. I, I was totally not on purpose, <laughs> so more happenstance than anything else. All right, I'm going to go away for a while. You guys come back to me when you need me. Okay, well, let's uh, go ahead and start with our sectional preview. Um, Junior, you said we got a five-minute Five minute window for the discussions, correct? Five minutes per section. Five minutes per section. I don't want to. I don't want to be here till midnight. No, I don't either. Uh, let's go ahead and uh, find where the sectionals are here on this site of ours. Okay. It's okay. There we go. Section one in round three of the sectionals has Superior against New Richmond and Baldwin Woodville against Hudson. And uh, would anybody like to open this up? Junior, when's the clock start? Now. Um, Superior and New Richmond have not played yet this year. Uh, they were snowed out. Uh, they were supposed to play on January 29th. Uh, they were snowed out, and that was not rescheduled. Um, Hudson and Baldwin-Woodville have also not played yet this year, uh, so we don't have much to compare there. Uh, we do know that Hudson beat New Richmond earlier this year, even though they're cross-bracket here. Um, a lot to a little. And Hudson and Superior have played twice. Superior came out on top in both those games, but they were both uh, well-contested close games. Superior won the first 3-1, to outshooting Hudson 25-22. to And Superior won the second 3-2 to in overtime, um, outshooting Hudson 33 to 29. Uh, so those were two close games, uh, you know, a goal or two apiece. Shots were right there, neck and neck, and they went overtime the second time. Um, I don't know that this year is the year that we're going to see an upset uh, from the three or four seeds in in section one. So it looks like it'll probably be Superior and Hudson meeting in the final. And uh, despite the fact Superior's already beat them twice, that's a game that could that could go either way. They were both basically evenly played games. Uh, the first two times they played. And if you look at their the way their seasons have gone this year, you wouldn't think that. Um, I think Hudson has had a much, not a much, but a rougher go of it this year than Superior's had. Uh, Superior's had a, a pretty strong season. Obviously, they're ranked, I think, fourth in the state right now. It's Hudson is down in the honorable mentions. Um, but the two games they played were, were barn burners, both of them. You also look here, Junior, that sectional final game is in Superior. Yes, I will be there. Okay. Oh, that should be a pretty good uh, sectional final of those four teams. Hudson and Superior are the favorites to make it there. We'll see if they make it. New Richmond and Superior on Tuesday night and Baldwin-Woodville against Hudson on Tuesday night. Winners go to the sectional final. Anybody else got anything? Um, yeah, uh, Superior uh, coming into the game uh, tomorrow night has a record of 17 and 6, which if you guys think about it historically, uh, Superior at this point is never 17 and 6. They're like 13 and 10 or something like that. So I think they've played very well this year. I think they might 
they're, they're definitely going to present a huge challenge. Uh, Hudson is the defending champion in sectional one. And uh, so, yeah, I, I, I think even though Baldwin Woodville has been playing well lately, they're eight, one and one in their last 10 games. I don't think that they have enough horsepower to get past, past Hudson. I think it's going to be superior in Hudson in the sectional championship game that, that junior is going to see and uh, definitely will be a barn burner guys. Okay. Everybody put in on that one. Sounds like it. All right. Let's move on to section two on Tuesday night in the third round. Eau Claire North is hosting Chippewa Falls at Hobbs. And then also at Hobbs, Eau Claire Memorial is hosting Hayward. Uh, guys, um, both Eau Claire schools in the sectional semis again. I guess the question is, is will they meet in the finals? They split on the season. They did split on the season, and they had a very weird split. Um, not one you see every time. Eau Claire North won the first matchup 5-1, to one, and Eau Claire Memorial won the second matchup 7-2. to two. Um, That's a couple lopsided games, which is not usually how you see a split. I think the most interesting thing in Section 2 is the fact that the four-seed Chippewa Falls has already beaten the top-seed Eau Claire North twice. Uh, they beat Eau Claire North 4-3 on January 8th, and they beat them again 6-2 on February 11th. Um, now, it's it's been fairly well documented that Eau Claire North had a pretty bad week uh, to end the season. They took uh, some beatings. Um, in that first game, that 4-3 loss to Chippewa Falls, they did outshoot the Cardinals 38-23, but uh, Jaden Hoople uh, stood up tall in that one. And in the second game, uh, the 6-2 loss, uh, that time they got outshot by the Cardinals 34-32. to So um, it looks like so far this season... Um, the Cardinals have have the Huskies' number. Um, Eau Claire does have a lot of firepower. Two of their forwards are on our end-of-season awards list in Zach Stang and um, Erdahl. But, you know, that'll be that's probably the most interesting one versus four we have across all 12 brackets, I think, given that four's already beaten one twice. Um, on the other side, Hayward and... Uh, Eau Claire Memorial, Hayward's goalie, Gavin Abrick, uh, Abrick has been, um, he's a nominee for the Kirk Dobbins Beck Award, and I believe he's also one of the Player of the Year finalists. Um, so that should tell you what you need to know about him right there. Um, they had a, a very nice season. Uh, the reason they're maybe the three seed is because they haven't played a lot of the top teams in the state this year, but they've beaten Chippewa Falls. Uh, they lost to Eau Claire North, North earlier in the year, three to one. So this is a deep one. Um, I think any of those top four teams has a legitimate shot of actually coming out of here, which isn't something you can say all the time. Now, if you add the Eau Claire area stars Hayward girls game at Hobbs Arena at three thirty on Tuesday, which is tomorrow, the Hayward and Eau Claire Memorial game, which is at 545 at Hobbs, and the Eau Claire North Chippewa Falls games, which is at 815 tomorrow at Hobbs. And I will be there for all three of them. At least that's the plan, if I, my car can make it that far. 
I'll cover all those games. Um, yeah, Junior, I mean, you, you, the the Eau Claire North, Chippewa Falls games, both of the teams are um, fairly equal. Um, Chippewa Falls has the, the slight edge, uh, two to nothing in games played over North this year. On the other side of the bracket, Hayward and ECM are both 9-1 and one in their last 10 games, so they've both been playing very well. Hayward with a 19-4 record. Uh, Abrick definitely a, a key factor in that. Uh, it, this is probably one of the more even sectional uh, semifinals, and it should definitely be. Uh, I mean, you could see a surprise. Eau Claire Memorial, or yeah, Eau Claire Memorial is the defending champ of that that section. Um, they don't want to give For that up. For a long time, they've been defending. They them. don't want to give that up, so they're going to maybe have a little extra gusto in that. But um, I think that those three games, along with the girls' games, that that'll definitely be some very good hockey tomorrow night. I believe that it's, since it's a, you go ahead. It's been a long time since we since we did talk about anybody but Eau Claire Memorial. <clears throat> excuse me, in this section, Eau Claire North has been building and you know the, the names we hear all season are sam stang and zach erdahl and i don't know if you if if joey kohler is a line mate those three uh 67 points on the season 61 and 50 it's like they get all of their scoring from that group i don't know if maybe chippewa falls knew a way to shut down that line and that's why they were able to beat them um, maybe if you t- take your top defensive crew and place them against that line uh, and neutralize them because they put up a lot of points and I mean they, they've won a lot of they, they've won more games six to five than they have two to one. All right, that's five minutes. Okay, let's move on to section one in the girls side. Hayward girls taking on the ECA stars, as Michael said tomorrow at three thirty. And St. Croix Valley Fusion taking on Hudson tomorrow night as well. And uh, Delmar, let's uh, start with you on this one. How do you see this one? Or both well, these games? These are going to be some interesting games. You've got Hayward, who slid by the Western Wisconsin Stars with a one nothing victory in the first round. Uh, going to be taking on uh, the Eau Claire area Stars. And, yeah, I mean, the Stars are the defending champs coming out of here. And, it, you know, so you, it's been tight all year long. But I actually see the Stars advancing out of there. The one that's going to be very interesting is going to be that other game, the Fusion against the Raiders. And I believe that they split on the season. I, I didn't go look it all up right now. But, you know, that's that's one that can go either way. It's being played there in Hudson at 7.30 on Tuesday evening. But then, you know, you've got this, you know, moving on to the Saturday game. And it's going to be good, you know, three good games no matter who makes it. But I actually expect to see the Stars be the defending, cha- defending their uh, sectional title from last year and moving on to state out of this sectional. Yeah, the... The Hurricanes and Stars have played twice. The Stars won both their game, both those games, one to nothing, um, which is not a lot of goals scored. 
Um, Hayward took 11 shots in the first game and 18 shots in the second. So if they manage to score a goal in this semifinal, it will be the first goal they've scored um, against the Stars. Now, they were both one nothing games. The first one was in overtime. Um, so it's not like they're giving up a lot to the Stars either. So, I mean, one bad bounce and, and one nothing game goes the other direction. Um, so there's that. On the other side, um, Hudson and uh, the Fusion... Uh, the Fusion won the first matchup 5-3. to three. They tied the second matchup 1-1. One to one. And uh, while I'm, Hayward's goalie is uh, Emma Quimby, and, and, you know, she's one of the ones that's up for the Jesse Vetter Award this year. And I believe it's uh, Lauren Donnellan is one of the nominees for the Molly Angstrom Award. And you, there's players on here that are well represented uh, in the Wisconsin Prep Hockey End of the Year awards from both teams. You've got Kaizen up for the Janelle Sergi Award, and you've got Charlotte Akervic, who I believe is um, committed to playing at St. Cloud State, uh, her college hockey. And so, I mean, you, you've got some very good players on both those teams and it what the de- defense that both those teams show you can see why it's going to be a close game and uh Quimby is I haven't gotten to see her play at all this year but you know for the last couple of years she's been very solid in that and for what it's worth Hudson is one of the two single school teams in the state on the girls side Yes, they are. And is this the year they make it to state? It's been a while since the Hudson girls have been there. But coming over on the other side of the bracket, they're going to have their hands full on Tuesday night. But whoever makes it through on the other side of bracket, it's going to be a big test for them as well if Hudson makes it there. So should be uh, pretty good games on Tuesday night. And the sectional final should be a great game as well to the two teams that make it. Yeah, whatever whatever team comes out of this section is definitely going to be battle-tested for the state tournament. Now, Junior, were you uh, going to be attempting to make it to that sectional final on Saturday? Is that the one in Chippewa Falls? Yes, sir. Yes, on my way back from Superior, I'll be stopping in Chippewa Falls for that one as well. And, that, I mean, you, you should see a very good uh, sectional final no matter who makes it to that one. Okay, let's move on to back to the boys. Let's move to section three, where the top four seeds have advanced into the sectional semis. Wausau West is going to be going against D.C. Everest, and Spash is going to take on Northland Pines. And, guys, these are, wow, these are some games that are pretty doggone good. And uh, of these four teams, whoever gets out of this one's another one may seem repetitive to say but it's uh they're going to be battle tested coming out of this one whoever gets wins this sectional but Tuesday night games are looking pretty good yeah this is uh actually a replay of last year's sectional semifinals Bustle West and DC Everest played Everest took a 3-2 win in two overtimes 
And on the other side of the bracket was also a two-overtime game. Uh, Spash at Eagle River against Northern Pines beat them 7-6 to six in a slugfest. Two overtimes, so um, a little bit of maybe uh, trying to get even with the, the revenge factor. Um, so it, it should be pretty good. Uh, on the top half of the bracket, West... 9-1 in their last 10 games. They're red hot. Um, D.C. Everest 4-6. They haven't had a really good year. They're 8-13-1. West is 21-3-1. And, and I, I think this year West is the decided favorite. Uh, Everest just doesn't quite have the, the players that they had last year. And on the bottom half, I mean, this is a toss-up to me. Uh, Spashes 0-1 against Pines this year. They lost in Stevens Point against Pines. It was a one-goal game, 2-1 to or 3-2. to I don't remember which. Um, but I think Pines, if, I, if I'm not mistaken here, is the only team that is undefeated in their last 10 games. And I know that doesn't always mean a lot, but it means they're, they're playing very well. They're 21-2. They're one of the top two or three teams in the state. This is definitely going to be a great game at the, the Dome. So um, if you get a chance to go up there, definitely check that one out. It's uh, it's going to be a good one. I think if, if anybody's going to beat Wausau West in this one, it has to be Pines. Um, the way West and Spash played the first time, it was a close game. Shots were 24-22, West won 2-1. But the second time they played, West just took it to Spash. They outshot them 39-25 to and won 5-2. to um, that that said a lot to me, and uh, that made me think that I don't think Spash has what it takes to beat Wausau West in the sectional final. So if anybody's going to do it, it's got to be Pines. And um, they're really fast, but we'll see if, if they have what it takes to get over West. I mean, last time the shots, they were one apart. The, they lost by one goal. You know, it could go either way, but... Uh, West is is really tough. Pines is a really good, really fast team, and they skate three quality lines. Um, I mean, I watched them play against number one USM, and you know, for all the comments that the USM coaches made about how they had a bad night, Pines was noticeably faster than they were, and they were skating three lines all night. The fourth line even saw some ice time against the number one team in the state at the time, USM. So. Um, Pines is a deep, strong team. Their top line of forwards don't put up some of the ridiculously gaudy offensive numbers you see from some teams, but they're they're very deep and very strong. And if, if anybody's going to beat Wasso West, it's got to be them. And some of the the home court, the home ice advantage is going to be taken away uh, no matter who, who plays in this game because it's going to be at my home rink, Southwood County Rec Center in Wisconsin Rapids. That game will be played on Saturday at 2 p.m. So uh, no matter who plays, it's not going to be kind of the, the the home ice advantage of maybe playing at Marathon Park or playing at, at the Dome. It's going to be at a pretty basic, normal rink in Wisconsin Rapids. So I don't know if that takes away an edge from one team or another, but uh, definitely doesn't give an edge to one team or the other. And I assume you'll be at that game, since it's your local rink? 
I will do my bestest to make it to there. I have to come back from Fond du Lac on Friday night, but um, I think I'm going to make that trip. And then, yes, the plan is to be at the South Oconee Rec Center 2 o'clock Saturday. Um, going to be a good game, uh, definitely. There's uh, three really, 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 really solid teams. Uh, Everest, not quite the, the team that they were last year. So I, I'm thinking it's the final is going to be a, a very awesome game, guys. And that's five minutes, as you can hear my timer going off. Okay, section four. As you look here, another one with the top four teams making it. On Alaska Lacrosse going to take on Sauk Prairie on Tuesday night. Other side of the bracket, Toma and Sparta taking on RWD. This sectional um, on Alaska is actually, you know, your team, they're the number one seed, and there's a reason they're the number one seed. They played uh, the number two seed, RWD, early in the season. I believe it was uh, their second game of the season, and they beat RWD uh, four to nothing in that game. They played uh, Thomas Sparta twice the first time they met. They beat them three to one in the most recent game, which was the second to last game of the season for the Hilltoppers, uh, was a five to nothing win for on Alaska. RWD and uh, Thomas Sparta met one time, and that was a two-two tie, and for their their only meeting. RWD is the Badger Conference champions, and had defeated Sauk Prairie in both their meetings. And so this is a game where you expect on Alaska to move on uh, into the sectional fi final. But the second, third uh, seeds can go either way. And that one's going to come down to which team responds being in that position. Uh, RWD has a freshman goalie in that. And I'm not sure about uh, Thomas. But, I mean, the 2-2 two -two tie tells you that this could be a bounce of the puck as to who advances on to t and more than likely meets on Alaska in the sectional final. Yeah, I was looking at on Alaska because they're always sort of an outlier because there's nobody near them geographically, so they don't really get a lot of games against top 10 teams all the time. And this year, I mean, they're 21-3, and three, so they come into the the playoffs with another gaudy record like they've had sometimes in the past. Um, they played another number one seed, Eau Claire North, earlier in the season and beat them 6-5. to five. Shots in that game were 42-44. to 44. Um, So it doesn't look like either team played any defense that night. Uh, as as Burglar said when he was talking about Eau Claire North earlier, a lot of 6-5 type games. Uh, on Alaska came out on top on that one. Uh, they played number one seed, Waukesha. Um back in uh, January 5th. They outshot the Wings 43-18, to 18, um, but it was the Garrett Larson show, and the Wings came away with a 3-2 to two win in that one. Um, there's a reason Garrett Larson uh, plays goalie for Team Wisconsin and is one of our finalists for the Kirk Dobbins Beck Award. And then they ended their season against uh, University School, the number two team in the state, and lost 6-1, to one, outshot 38-14, to 14. Um, I wouldn't read too terribly much into that simply because I think USM was in a class of team that on Alaska hadn't played yet this year. And 
they were probably back on their heels a little. Um, but as far as you know, the section goes, I think obviously the coaches got it right. On Alaska is the class of this section. They've already beaten the two seed four to nothing, so um, I think it's a it's a long road for anybody else to pass them. They also uh, played Sun Prairie earlier in the year when Sun Prairie was ranked, and I believe Sun Prairie won that game. Also, that that happened to be our game of the week earlier in the season. All you right. are correct. Okay. Want to move on to the girls' sectional two now? Black River Falls taking on the Storm, and Northern Edge taking on the Wisconsin Valley Union. And I think a lot of people are already pointing to the Storm and the Union for the sectional final, but uh, not so fast. I would imagine Dull Mar Scanlon has a few things about this one. These two well, games you'd like to say. And the first game, number one against number four, Black River Falls. Black River Falls has uh, a very tough goalie in uh, Josie Matheson in net. Unfortunately, you know, you're talking about the storm. And, I mean, we're used to seeing them up there in this position, and there's a reason. They're a team that at the beginning of the season, I think we were looking at them, and as usual, you know, we're saying, okay, are they going to be able to – uh, come through and they've come through and just improved through the entire season to get to where they're at right now. And they played Black River Falls in the middle of January, I believe it was, and defeated them five to nothing, even with Matt Matheson playing in that. The uh, other uh, game is going to be Northern Edge, who actually got a bye uh, in the first round to advance to this semifinals here to take on the union the union had a nice a nice uh lopsided victory in their first round game over medford and this is i think this is one of those brackets where we're going to see the one and two seed move on to the championship game to be played right up there in burglar's neighborhood on friday evening uh at greenheck fieldhouse I would be completely shocked if the Storm and the Union did not comprise, reprise, whatever the heck the term is, their sectional championship game of last year. Um, Black River Falls, yes, they have Josie Madison in that. She's going to have to toss a shutout, and then they're going to somehow have to score one goal on the defensive-minded D.C. Everest uh, Central Wisconsin Storm team to win that game. I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, Pete Susans has brought his uh, coaching expertise from the boys' side at Wausau West to the girls' side at uh, Central Wisconsin Storm. He's got to be pretty close to 700 wins, which I think is uh, top five in the nation in high school hockey wins. So the, the guy knows what he's doing. On the other side, uh, the Northern Edge actually got the, the forfeit because uh, Lakeland had three DQs during the year and they got disqualified from the tournament. Wisconsin Valley Union has pissed the Cowden in goal. They have not been scoring a lot of goals this year. So uh, 
Coden can definitely keep the, the other team off the scoreboard. I think it's just a matter if the Union can score a couple goals to, to get past the Storm. So uh, I'm thinking Storm and Union in the final at Green Hack, just like it was last year, should be a great game. Low-scoring game, I would guess. Uh, we'll see what happens. I got the chance to see the Union a couple weeks ago when they came down here to play the Rock County Fury and Pistol Cowden, my goodness, she's good. And uh, she was a difference in the game, no doubt. So it should be a good matchup as we look at the Storm and the Wisconsin Valley Union playing in Section 2, possibly those two teams meeting for the sectional final, sectional championship. Let's move on to Section 5, boys. This one is not 1, 2, 3, 4. 1, 5, and 3, 2. Top part of the bracket, Nina taking on DePere. Nina Hortonville, Menasha. Been a top five, top 10 team all year. Bayport is uh, the number three seed. And the number two seed is Notre Dame Academy, who's been in the top 10, been out of the top 10, and... You know, they played a very tough schedule, and uh, for them to get out of, uh, for Notre Dame to get out of this sectional, they're going to have to play really two tough games to get out of this one. Yeah, yeah Notre Dame, Notre, I'm sorry, Junior. You go ahead. Um, Notre Dame is the, the defending sectional champion. They won it last year. Uh, they're playing against Bayport. In the bottom half of the bracket, three versus two. Both teams have been playing pretty well the last ten games. Um, Notre Dame, if you look at their record, I, it's kind of weird because they have a lot of ties, and I'm not exactly sure what that means. Uh, Junior, you can probably help me out on this one. but um, It means they I... scored the same amount of goals as their opponent did. <laughs> okay, thank you. Um, Notre Dame won two of the the two meetings that they've had this year. So Notre Dame has defeated Bayport twice. On the top half of the bracket, number one, Nina Hortonville, Manasha, 9-1 in their last 10 games. This has been a team, honestly, that I don't think a lot of team, a lot of people expected them to be so good, but they they have had a heck of a year. 19-3-2, um, and two, I believe, uh, is what their record is now. Um, but then DePere, West DePere, 13-8-2. They, they've been like 5-5 five and five in their last 10 games. Uh, Coach J.P. Capo, I talked to him at Wapaka. They played uh, number four Wapaka, and they beat them over there. And, I mean, he's going to have his hands full in this game. Uh, but don't exactly count him out. Uh, I, I would think, though, honestly, uh, it probably end up being uh, an NHM. Notre Dame final uh, at Cornerstone on Friday. Well, Trasher, I've got a question for you real quick on this one. I, I, I see that Notre Dame has beat Bayport twice. And, you know, Burglar and Junior, you can jump in and tell me if I'm off base. But is this a game that you could see Marcus Niemi uh, actually steal for Bayport? Um, I don't, I mean, he's played very well, but I don't think he's played in like, um, 
the majority of the games. I, I thought he had played like half or just slightly more than half. Uh, Bo Buckley, definitely a, a top-ranked goalie for Notre Dame. They have uh, several good players on on that uh, skaters on that team. Uh, Jacob Conrad is uh, one of the top-ranked defensemen. Um, Brendan Poshak, a, a good forward, top-ranked forward. You know, I don't know. I mean, he could. Mimi's had some great stats during the year. Uh, I haven't really followed the competition, but I, I well, guess I, anything is possible. I, I see the last game they played um, against Notre Dame Academy. He faced 52 shots, made 49 saves in that game. And I'm just looking back at the first one, which they lost 2-1 to one to him. And, you know, so I, I you know, I know it's you know hard to say if a goalie's actually going to be able to steal one or not, but this is one that I, you know, in my opinion, if he, you know he's on a roll that night, you know, with the, you know, having lost the first two games, a combined score of five to two, it, it just seems like one that the goalie is actually in a position to be able to steal one. But you know that's why I asked you guys this opinion on it. Yeah, I mean, I think he could, you know, but it's just a matter of how many goals is Bayport going to score, you know. If they can score four or five or even three, maybe uh, they got a chance in this game. If they're going to score zero, one, or two, they probably don't have a chance. And I owe Nina hortonville Menasha a bit of an apology. Um, I kind of assumed that when Alec Elkin graduated last year, they would kind of fade back into a middle-of-the-pack team like they have been in the past, and they did not. And they're the kind of team where you'd see them winning games, but you'd always kind of question their schedule. Uh, this year they've played University School, Eau Claire North, Eau Claire Memorial, Waukesha, who's a one seed, Wausau West, Eau Claire Memorial again, Notre Dame, they played Spash. Um, this is a good team that's played a lot of other good teams, uh, and there's our timer for this section. I think that... Um, Last time they played Notre Dame, it was an overtime game, and shots were just about even. So, again, this could be a, a real barn burner. Um, I don't know that they'll have a whole lot of trouble getting by De Pere, but uh, the other side of the bracket, um, I think, is probably the more interesting semifinal. Section 6. On Tuesday night, round 3, Verona against Middleton. That's the 1 against 5, and... Two plays three on the other side, Madison West at Sun Prairie. All right, let's go. I, I, I'll tell you. I'll tell you what. Middleton, you know they've. Uh, you know I don't know if they're a good matchup with Verona. I I, I don't know. I've got to see both teams and. I just don't know if that's a good matchup. But I'll tell you what, the two teams on the bottom, whichever one comes out to uh comes out of that bracket, inside of the bracket, is very competitive with Verona. And I um this is this at the bottom part, Madison West and Sun Prairie, this is a huge, huge game because whoever comes out of that one's gonna give Verona a tough game. That's just my prediction on my own. But I think Verona should be able to get past Middleton. 
Well, MJ, you've seen these teams, probably all of them, play this year. Um, Verona is the defending champ in Section 6. They beat Middleton twice this year in the, the two games that they played them. Um, Middleton is 8-2 and two in their last 10, and I, I mean, I don't know how much water this holds. Uh, Verona is 6-4, and four, so maybe you think they're not quite as hot, but um, Verona does hold that two-game advantage over those guys, over the Cardinals from Middleton. On the bottom half, number two, Sun Prairie, 20 and four on the year. They're eight and two in their last 10. Um, Madison West has had an awesome year too. They've kind of been under the radar, you know. I think they've been like maybe I don't know if they made it into our top 10, but they've always been an honorable mention. Uh, 17, six and two. Uh, they've they're 0 and two against Sun Prairie this year. And one thing that Sun Prairie maybe has going for him, and I don't know uh, the the penalty kill situation and in, in the, the with the teams, but uh, Sun Prairie has the number one um, actually power play uh, unit in the in the state this year with 41%. So if Madison West gets into some penalty problems, some penalty issues. Uh, Sun Prairie definitely can take advantage of that, so that could be the difference in this game. I guess, uh, you know, it just depends on how it all plays out. I've had the chance to see Sun Prairie early in the season, and I got to see Madison West like a week or so ago. And if Sun Prairie is anything like they were back at the beginning of the year when I got to see them against Madison West, they will uh, they will move on to the sectional final. Well, it's worth noting they've beaten Madison West twice, five to two and four to three. Uh, four to three, though, it's still you know it's still a pretty close game. But uh, I I just think that of these two teams on the bottom, one of those is going to give Verona. If Verona beats Middleton, will give them a pretty good game. So uh, this is one another one of those sectionals that looks to be pretty promising. As uh, well, I'm looking, forward, I'm looking forward to the championship game because this is the one I get to cover Saterday. So I, I, I'll be headed to Hartmeyer Ice Arena on Saturday afternoon to catch this championship game. And uh, I haven't gotten to see uh, Verona Middleton play this at all this year. I do know that uh, Middleton late in the year lost to RWD. Uh, and so the I'm kind of looking for Verona and Sun Prairie to move on in this one, and looking for a good game on Saturday. Yeah, if, so if you had asked me, talking, if, if you had asked Sorry. me two weeks ago, I would have just said Verona is going to run away with this one. Um, Trasher mentioned they're six and four in their last ten. Two of those are Wassa West and Spash. I don't think that's really something to worry about. But they took a seven-two beating from Madison West, and then they lost a two-to-one to an Arrowhead team that has eleven wins on the season. Um, they're 11, 7, and 5. So those two, to, to close up the season, are a little concerning for the top seed Verona. Yeah, and I mean, we, you know, we, we talk about how, oh, Verona's going to blow Middleton away, and the other two games will probably be close. But now watch, since we've said that, it'll probably be the, the top half of the bracket, Verona and Middleton will be a close game, and uh, the, the bottom half will be a blowout somewhere along the line. But 
uh, keep in mind uh, the one kid that we haven't uh, talked about in this particular segment is uh, Drake Baldwin from Madison West, and he's a, a difference maker. So um, depends on how, how that bottom half goes. Some Prairie, I think early in the year, had been kind of tabbed to be uh, a top 10 team, and they have been, but they've been really good at the beginning, I think, and then they struggle a little bit in the middle, but they've been really good at the end. So uh, hard to say, but West has been really good at the end, too. So I think this is uh, probably one of your closer brackets, actually, for the, the semifinal matchups here, guys. Well, when you're talking about Drake Baldwin, you look at Verona and you see Matt Curlick, who can fill it up in a hurry, and he's got a couple of extra players along the way. Cade Rufnick's one of them. And uh, they can fill it up in a hurry. But uh, the Madison West game, what I got, he was hearing from is in that game, Verona just got from behind, got behind and just, it just kind of snowballed from there. And that's why they kind of lost that one. So um, we'll see if Verona will, uh, you know, take care of business with Middleton. And I'm sure Middleton's going to give them quite a battle. That's five minutes. Okay. Section three, girls, Madison Metrolinks at Cap City Cougars. And Onalaska Hilltoppers at Rock County Fury, both those games tomorrow night. And, uh, Del, those are uh, some pretty familiar faces to you, all four of these teams. Yeah, um, Cap City uh, and the Lynx game is going to be very interesting. Cap City, late late in the season, their game again, uh, their senior goalie, just the week before they played Arrowhead, took a puck in her shoulder, and, and you know during one of their practices, they took her in for X-rays and everything, and everything looked good. Well, that week when they played Arrowhead, she took another shot there and she collapsed to the side and ended up going back into the for X-rays and everything. She had broke her clavicle, so just you know before they played uh, Rock County last Monday night night for the conference championship uh they had lost their senior goalie going in into that you know and you know just here before the playoffs whereas when you look at the links they've got one of the top goalies in the state uh in gwen parker um manning their net and you know that's going to keep that game uh very interesting uh you know you don't really see a lot of goals scored by either one of these teams uh, throughout the year, and so that's going to be. I, I look for that one to be like a one-goal game, and it, it can go either way. Uh, this is one where, you know, Cap City's really going to have to uh, limit the shots on their goalie. Which uh, last Monday night, you know, they, was a very good game. Uh, and what was our game of the week last week, uh, where Cap C City actually lost that game two, two to one. Uh, and Rock County uh, claimed the conference title, but then you look at the other the other game, the two two seed against the three seed, Rock County Fury against the Onalaska Hilltoppers. Onalaska traveled down and played the Fury at the Slice in Monroe, and won that game five to one. And late in the year, played Cap City Cougars and lost that game four to one. So I mean, this and this is one of those games that can go either way. Rock County and MJ, you can, can you can attest to this, are very good most of the time 
and limiting the shots on their goalie, not giving quality shots up on that on their goaltender. Uh, it seems to be something that the teams have watched the Storm do over the years to win state titles, first under Denny Drake, then under uh, Wimmer, and now under Pete Susan. It's just one of those things where they really are good at limiting the shots on their goalie. And it's a, what a lot of teams have tried to do, and the Fury are one of the teams that have been able to do that well on numerous occasions. And this is going to be one of those ones is who's going to protect their goalie the best and, and move on. But this here one, I'm not – I can't predict who's going to be in that uh, final. I, I can see all four of these teams uh, putting a claim to move on to that Friday night game. And either way, I get to, I get to watch the championship game on Friday night at 8 p.m. in Madison Ice Arena. Well, Dell, I, I I'm sorry, MJ. No, I, go ahead. I I agree with you because I I kind of look at it the same way too. Um, uh, Cap City Cougars were two and zero against the Lynx this year in games played, and they're of, of the foursome. They're the the hottest, and I, I'll use my last ten thing. They're seven and three. Uh, nobody else is better than uh, five, three, and two. So they're the the better team, but um, the Metrolinx Middleton Co-op have uh, Gwen Parker and the the young McCursey in that. They got a, a very solid def- uh, goaltending core there between those two. Parker is one of the top goalies in the state, and she's done uh, a heck of a job. So I mean, if she's on her game, uh, she could definitely stifle Cap City and and win this game. On the other half, uh, on Alaska seems to score some goals. Um, I don't really know that much about the Fury this year, and uh, Onalaska beat them one time in the, the games that they played, so like you said, but this one is at the ice uh, the ice uh, box called Edwards Ice Arena in Beloit, kind of a cold rink, if I'm not mistaken, MJ. Help me mm-hmm. out with this one. So maybe that makes a difference. I don't know. Um but yeah, definitely, this could be uh, anybody goes to the MIA on Friday night to contest for the the state bid for sure. I can tell you this one: the Hilltoppers in Rock County. I was at the last time they played, and Rock County. This was a four-three game. They they gave up a uh, empty net goal in the last minute, but. Rock County had almost 20 shots in the third period. The difference in that game was on Alaska's goaltender. Rock County gave up a couple goals in the late first, early second period to put uh, on Alaska ahead and making Rock County play from behind. And, uh, you know, they got some really good play out of their goaltending. So it's going to be interesting to see if the young goaltender can play good again. Rock County, on the other hand, has another young goaltender, Olivia Cronin. They call her Baby Cronin. But they've also got a couple of very talented forwards in the Knopf sisters. Also, Annika Einbeck is uh, probably somebody, probably people haven't heard a whole lot about Annika Einbeck, but you just watch the Fury and watch Annika Einbeck, and she's a name you're going to be hearing the next couple of years. She's only a sophomore, and she is very, very talented. And if they... They've been trying to get balanced scoring out of their lines, a little bit more balance. And uh, they've moved the Knopf sisters around a little bit. And uh, 
they've had mixed results with it, but but the key to the key to I think with the Rat County Ferry is if they can get Maya Maslanka going. Maya Maslanka has been a very good hockey player all the way up. My son played with her, and uh, she's been a very talented. She's for her size, she skates extremely well. She's got a good hard shot. Just got to get her going. She's probably the only thing against her is she doesn't take the shot as much as she should. And uh, you know, if Maya starts cranking it up, and Maya's very, very capable of scoring goals, you know, she may be the X factor in the whole thing. That's five minutes. About that. Let's move on back to the boys' side, section seven. Waukesha going to take on. Janesville, the number four C, one and four, and two and three on the other side. Imagine that, KMMO and Marquette. And uh, anybody like to start out on this one? Well, I can say that KMMO has tied both Waukesha and Marquette in their only meetings this year. Uh, so that's kind of fun for the three seed. I believe it was one-to-one in both those games, but I can confirm that. Um that's that's not something you see every day with the three seed. Yeah, one to one tie against uh, Waukesha and where is the Marquette and a one to one tie against Marquette. So it's got a low scoring uh, sectional semifinal and final coming up, I think. Well, I know that. Go ahead, Del. I know that KMMO Marquette game, that one one game, was our game of the week that that week and that that was a game where both goaltenders actually stood on their heads and made some saves that neither one of them had the right to make and it it was a very physical game a game that you know you could see the players were getting a little chippy but it, it was it was an excellent play game and that was that was one that both goaltenders, as I said, just you know, made saves that they had no no right to make during the game. It was a very good game to watch, and you know, so you, that one one game tells you that it, that can go either way in that one. When the other two teams, I haven't gotten to play, but I'm sure that MJ can tell us a little bit about Janesville. Janesville's playing their. Uh probably as the John Marman team does their best hockey of the year, led in scoring by Ben Calder with 42 points. And uh, Benny's pretty much taken, put this team on his back here the last couple of weeks. And, uh, you know, they're going to need more of Benny Calder to, if they want to get past Waukesha, because as we know, Waukesha has Garrett Larson and Garrett Larson, when he's hot, he's very, very tough to beat. This isn't the strongest, uh, Waukesha team the last couple of years that they've had. And uh, I think that, uh, you know, faces change through high school hockey and, you know, graduation and all that. But uh, this hasn't been Waukesha's strongest year, but you know what? It may be enough to get them out of the sectional, even having the goaltending that they have. That being said, the goaltenders on the other side have played well. Janesville did beat Marquette earlier in the season, five to four in Janesville. Uh, they didn't play KMMO. Janesville lost to Waukesha 6-1. Uh, Janesville wasn't playing very good. That was jo- during the Joe Raymond. So um, should be a good uh, ending to the season for uh, these uh, ending of the playoffs for these 
four teams. Uh, Waukesha, to me, still probably is the team to beat, but they're not as strong as they were last year. This is one of those sectionals that kind of shows hockey doesn't ever make sense. Because, um, yeah. I mean, Waukesha... Especially like, with Janesville being 10 and 12. As, as, and as you mentioned, Waukesha beat Janesville 6-1. to one. A week later, Waukesha or Janesville turns around and beats Marquette five to four, and then Marquette beats Waukesha two to one. Um, you know, and then KMMO is tied both Waukesha and Marquette. I mean, this a team that beats another team six to one shouldn't lose to a team that that other team loses to, but they did. Um, so you know, hockey just sometimes doesn't make any kind of sense. And as you've said, I I. I was kind of down on Waukesha all year when it came to my top 10 votes. I just kind of saw them as a goalie with, with skaters in front of them. Um, kind they of interchangeable skaters. They did. They played a very tough schedule this year. Um, the, the, the problem with that is that they didn't win a lot of those games they played. Uh, against top 10 teams. They beat Notre Dame 4 to 3. They beat Northland Pines 3 to 2. I believe they were outshot tremendously in both those games. They beat Onalaska 3 to 2. So those are all those are all good wins uh, on Waukesha's record. But I don't know, to me it just seemed like this compared to the to the Wings teams we've seen the last couple of years, it just seemed like this one was a step back. Um, but they're still the number 1 seed um, here in section 7. Well, I think that this is going to be a battle of the goalies on the top and the bottom half of the bracket. I think if Garrett Larson plays for Waukesha like he has the past three years, and on the bottom half, uh, KMMO's Joseph Grylick plays like he has played this year, I think you're going to see those two teams in the final matchup at NAG on Friday night. Um, if not, you know, I mean... Janesville has kind of been a sleeper team this year. They've kind of snuck up on people, and, I mean, who knows, really. And Coulter has been playing very well lately, so, I mean, could he be the difference? Yeah, he absolutely could be. Um, On the bottom half, Marquette has kind of been up and down a little bit, but at at times they have been as good as anybody. So uh, this is another tough tough sectional, I think, sectional seven. be interesting to see who gets into the final and who ends up winning this thing. Coulter led uh, the Bluebirds over WNS 4 nothing back uh, last week. And also they beat Madison West last week as well. So uh, with Coulter playing well in that one as well with a number of goals in both games. So uh, he's a very good, he's a very good forward, very speedy. Terrific athlete, comes from a great athletic family, uh, was Janesville Craig's quarterback for football. Not a big guy, but, you know, he, he's got – he can do some dangling, and he's a good skater, and he knows how to finish. So uh, Waukesha will have their hands full, keeping an eye on him. But uh, Garrett Larson, you still uh, – boy, he's just tough to beat too. So I guess this should be a good one as well. Junior, should we move on to Section 8? Well, you've only got six seconds left on this one. I think I've said all I needed to. <laughs> section 8. 
West Bend Ice Bears taking on USM and Fond du Lac Springs taking on Arrowhead. And uh, honestly, guys, there's one very heavy favorite. That would be university school, but you know, they still got to play the games. Well, and I said back in uh, Section 6, Arrowhead did just beat Verona, um, who I believe is the number six team in the state, number one seed in Section 6. So, you know, I mentioned Arrowhead's only got 11 wins, seven losses. They got five ties in there. Um, So don't, you know, go to sleep on them entirely. And they uh, played a very close game with USM earlier in the year. Yeah, I think um, West Bend, maybe, I mean, they're the five seed, you know, so I'm not exactly sure what that tells you about the section. Um, I'm kind of surprised that they beat Homestead. Homestead has been a pretty good team historically, and even this year. Um, but a 4-3 win in OT for West Bend got them to the sectional semifinals. I think they're going to have their hands full with U-School. Um Nothing against West Bend, but I think U-School is going to have too much horsepower in that game. Uh, Definitely the bottom half of the bracket with uh, Fondy Springs and Arrowhead, they're pretty evenly matched, actually. Uh, The difference in this game could be the defensive core of uh, Springs. They have uh, uh, Blanc, Pickert, and McLaughlin, who are all really, really you know, three solid defensemen. Um, I'm surprised they, they've kind of been down a little bit this year. I think people expected them to be more of a, you know, maybe end of the top 10 teams or honorable mention near the top, and they kind of really haven't been there. So um, not exactly sure what's going on with them, uh, but I saw Arrowhead play. They looked really good against Fond du Lac a couple weeks ago. I think this bottom half of the bracket is going to be a toss-up. I think the winner of that game will definitely be playing U-School at the Fondy Blue Line Ice Center on Friday, which I will get to check out. So um, I'm looking forward to see that game. Uh, I think it's going to be U-School, and then it just depends on the bottom half who – who gets hot or, you know, Arrow, Arrowhead's, wins again. Arrowhead's problem is that they can't put the puck in the net. Um, they were only scoring 2.61 goals per game. Um, even, they've played a, a good, tough schedule, but even that, that's low. Um, the fact that they're scoring 2.61 goals per game and they managed to win 11 games and get five ties says a lot about the quality of their defense uh, because they're not putting the puck in the net. Um, the 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 uh, thing that that might be that the edge in this game uh, might be Arrowhead coach Carl Valamont. He's been in this situation before a few times, quite a few times actually, and has done actually played very well at state. Um, John Welsh is the the Fondy Springs coach. I think this is his first year, so. Um, not to say that he's inexperienced because he's been a, a, an assistant coach under Tim Ahern for a few years. Um, I, you know, I, <laughs> the bottom half, I think, honestly, just flip a coin or roll a die and 
whoever gets the best is going to win. I think it could go either way, but uh, I still think the top half, West Bend has got their work cut out for them. They're going to have to play a perfect game against U School, and I just don't think that can happen. U School has so much firepower there. Um, looking back here, U School beat Arrowhead 3-2 to two on December 4th. That was a final in overtime. And as I look at here, Arrowhead scores 3-2, 3-0, 3-1, 3-1. It's some of their scores. I mean, against Janesville, they scored six, and that's the highest they've scored all year. No correction, against Greendale, they scored seven. Yeah, like Arrow, Arrowhead needs like one more goal scorer, and then they're a 16-win team. Yep, and then they beat Kenosha 10 nothing. But, you know, two of their last three games in the regular season were uh, one nothing and 3-1 losses to Waukesha and uh, NHM, but a win at Verona. I mean, they're capable. They're not going to score much, but the thing is, is they're also not going to give up much as well. Junior, for you to say, might be a good forward away from being a 16-win team. Totally agree with that. Let's go to our final sectional. Girls number four, University School, taking on the Fox City Stars. And the Bay Area Ice Bears taking on the Warbirds. And, boy, it's hard to believe that only one of these four teams is going to go to state because, boy, there's some talented teams of these final four. Yeah, the Fox City Stars and the Warbirds have been battling it out for, you know, number one, number two in the state for most of the year. Uh, the Warbirds, their three meetings against the Stars this year have all resulted in victories for, well, actually they're, they're called the Alliance, not the War Warbirds right now, but the Alliance, the Alliance has picked up th three victories over to the Fox City Stars. Uh, they their only meeting against the, the Bay Area this year was a four to nothing win back on January second. Uh, their last meeting against the Stars was a one nothing win win in the conference tournament for the championship of the conference tournament. And when you look at the USM Fox City Stars game. Uh, They've met twice this year. The first time was a six to five victory for Fox Cities, and the last meeting was a four to two win for Fox Cities. And so, you, you know, if you look at you know way things have gone so far this year, you, you expect to see the number one, number two seeds in the sectional here move on to to the championship game. But you know, it's Bay Area has come up big at times this year, in which. Uh, they pulled off an upset over Fox City Stars when the Stars were the number one ranked team in the state and, you know, knocked them off. I believe the final score of that game was like 4-1 to one or 4-2. to two. I can't remember off the top of my head. But um, actually, I, I just looked it up. It was a 4-2 to two victory for Bay Area over the Fox City Stars. So you, you can see where they're able to pull it off at times. And, you know, USM has played them t tight, so you could actually so you see USM being able to come up with the win. But like I said, I, I still expect it to be Fox City Stars against the Alliance, and then that's a game that can go either way. But it 
looks to be two good sectional semifinal games and then a good sectional final no matter who makes it. Yeah, Bay Area has been very inconsistent. Um, because, I mean, they beat the Central Wisconsin Storm 5-1 to um, and then took a 4-1 to loss to, to Brookfield. Um, that Nothing against Brookfield, but no team that beats the Storm 5-1 to um, should be losing to a Brookfield team that I don't think won 10 games. No, there were 7-16 and 16 on the year. So, I mean, the, the Ice Bears are kind of all over the place. Uh, they definitely are, Junior. I agree with you 100%. Um, with uh, all the games they played, they're 12, 10, and 3. Um, I think maybe not quite as good as we expected. Um, but, yes, they have been a little bit up and down. Fondy, or the, the Warbird Alliance, has been really good, 20 and 3. They're 9 and 1 their last 10 games. And uh, they lost the final season game 3 nothing to Hudson. But prior to that, they were 11 and 0. So, I mean, they had definitely been playing very well. Uh, Abby Ocon, one of the top goalies in the state, if not the top goalie in the state. Uh, Alyssa Heim, Drew Dianovich, uh Three, basically, let's call them franchise players. Uh, Go make it hard for Bay Area to win this game. Um, bottom half, I think, is going to be more of a slugfest. Uh, Fox City's got some good firepower. Jablonski, Horman, Hall. Uh, U-School got some great players, too. Um, you know, I think the bottom half is going to be like a 6-4, to 6-3 to three game, whereas the, the, the top is going to be probably like 4-1. to one. But... Um, I see the Warbirds going to the final game at the Blue Line Ice Center on Friday. And uh, bottom half, honestly, you know, I mean, if U-School plays up to their potential, they could knock the, the Fox City Stars off. But um, if not, I think uh, Fox City's got a little bit of an edge on them in that bottom half of the bracket, guys. You know, you guys were just talking about uh, uh, Bay Area Ice Bears and uh, when they played uh, uh, Brookfield. And as a look in here, because I remember Brookfield got off to a slow start this season. Hadley Malcolmson was injured early in the year. And at one point, they were 0-12 on the season. And to finish 7-16, and you know, that's, what, 7 and four the rest of the way seven and five kind of turned it around a little bit but boy that's a that's a big hole to deep your dig yourself out of there when you're 0 and 12 but you know still to move on and get seven and five after the turn of the calendar was not too bad no definitely <laughs> to go seven and five after that tough start uh nothing wrong with that so um you know, kudos, right? And uh, mm -hmm. see what happens next year. Okay, um, guys, that's all eight of our boys and our four girls sectional preview. Anything else you guys want to throw in before uh, before we get out of here? Is Burglar still here? Yeah, I was just napping. Okay. I guess. Well, guys, uh, we'll... Uh, People, please keep an eye on the website. We will cover as many games as possible. 
and we'll keep you up to date with what's going on in the playoffs. This is a great week. This is an exciting week. This is almost exciting than the state tournament itself. As uh, teams, some pretty good teams aren't going to be making the state tournament this year. And uh, we will uh, have you updated on what's all going on in high school hockey here in Wisconsin. So for Bill Sr., Bill Jr., Trasher, Dell, I'm Mike Hammett. Enjoy the playoffs this week. You've been listening to This Week in Wisconsin Prep Hockey.